This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Coming from the backwoods myself, I can tell you there is no shortage of spooky stories. They come in all shapes and sizes out here. Whether it's Bigfoot spin-kicking you in the groin to steal your lunch money, or Yogi Bear coming to punch you in your stomach to take your picnic a basket, you'll never not be surprised by the crazy stuff that goes down in the backwoods. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and downright strange backwoods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. Now, without further ado, be sure to elbow the like button in the face like you're at a rock concert, and be sure to subscribe if you're new, it helps the swamp grow a ton, and get ready for these creepy and downright strange backwoods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Never Swerve to Miss a Deer, You Could Hit Something Much Worse by Horror Writer 1717 It was one of those days. The fog hovered like a curtain waiting to rise on a show. Being called into work on only three hours of sleep was terrible. Driving through thick fog, I can feel the car holding back, making for an exciting morning. Maybe listening to Metallica's All Nightmare Long at 3am wasn't the best choice. It started with the floating legs. As I drove, I saw a pair of blue jeans standing alongside of the road. Just the legs, though. It was like someone had stood half a dummy beside the road to freak people out. As I came closer, I could see a black hoodie on top of them in a vaguely human form. The head turned towards me and I could see nothing inside the hoodie. A chill went up my spine as my foot went down on the accelerator. I was so freaked out that I never saw the deer running straight toward me. It wasn't until it was right beside my car that I noticed it. It startled me so badly that I swerved to miss it and ended up on a side of the road that I had never driven on or ever seen before. I hadn't gone far before I calmed down and realized I must have made a wrong turn in my franticness. Finally, I stopped in front of a sign that mesmerized me. It was once a standard road sign that had a deer crossing on it, with the silhouette of a buck leaping in the air. However, this one had been modified by a talented artist. The painted additions made the deer enormous, more significant than a moose. It also had a mouthful of shark-like teeth, a spiked tail, and glowing red eyes. The sight of this fanciful creature should have made me laugh, but after the morning I had already had, it chilled me to the bone. I immediately did a three-point turn and floored it out of there. I maybe made it a hundred yards. My front tire, which wasn't in the most excellent shape, gave in to the stress and had a catastrophic blowout. This plus my speed sent me careening off the road and into a deep ravine. At least, that's where I woke up, in a deep ravine. I willed my blurry eyes to clear and was immediately sorry I had. Every window was shattered, tree limbs shot in this way and that all through the car's interior. It looked like the love child of an Ent and a Buick. My seatbelt held me firm and the deflated airbag lay before me. I leaned forward and was rewarded twice. The first is pain. My chest and arms felt like they were on fire. The second was the realization that I wasn't on the ground. 
The car creaked and groaned when I moved. I could not see how far it was to the bottom though, because of the same fog that got me into this entire predicament. Okay, this isn't good. I can't even hope for help. No one would ever see me down here. I did some physical assessments to keep me calm, staring at the feet. Toes wiggle, that's good. Right leg bends, left leg. Oh my god. I'm going to call feeling like I've been stabbed by a thousand knives bad. I leaned forward just enough to see my leg. My pants were covered in blood. Tried to reach the wound, but stopped when the branch made a cracking sound. Okay, we'll come back to that. Moving on, my lower abdomen seems okay, my ribs feel like they're the main course at a barbecue, and my arms shoot daggers whenever I move them. The most disturbing part is the lack of blood on my shirt. Okay, end assessment. Possible broken leg, ribs, and internal bleeding. Car destroyed, hanging precariously in a tree that could give out and send me falling to my death in any minute. Low possibility of rescue due to the early morning fog, and being out of sight of the road. So essentially, I'm dead. The worst part of all of this was alone with my thoughts, knowing that death was on its way and there was nothing I could do about it. All these thoughts disappeared as a slight breeze made the hair on my neck stand on end and I heard a low rumble. I slowly turned my face to see the noise and wondered if I was hallucinating. I saw two substantial red orbs coming steadily toward me out of the fog. As they approached, I could see they were attached to something horrific. The creature stopped right beside my car. The artist on the sign didn't do it justice. My breathing became rapid and shallow as my heart jackhammered in my chest. A warm liquid ran down my leg that had nothing to do with the car injury that I sustained. This thing's glowing red eyes were the size of basketballs. Its teeth looked like they had come straight from a shark. Its claws were as long as hunting knives. I stifled a scream as my injuries were forgotten. The enormous red eyes were so close that I could feel the warmth coming off of them. It stared at me. Don't move. Don't breathe. Don't think. It ripped the door off the car and inhaled as it was sniffing me. It backed out, grabbed the car, and shook it out of the tree until it toppled onto its roof. God damn. The roof collapsed from the weight and missed crushing my head by mere inches. I nearly lost consciousness from the unbearable pain as I hung upside down from my seatbelt strapped across my broken ribs. The car began to move. Meadow protested as it was dragged through the woods. Oh no, it's taking me back to its cave. I tried to reach the seatbelt release, but the pain was too great. I was being dragged helplessly to my death. This ride from hell taught me the meaning of pain for what seemed like an eternity. Every bump and jostle was a new lesson. The metal screeched in protest as the car finally stopped. The creature sniffed me again. Go ahead! Eat me! I screamed. I hope I give you indigestion! The red orb stared at me as if sizing me up to see if it would be enough trouble to rip me out of the car. Finally, in desperation, I used the only thing I had available. I reached up painfully and pressed the horn. The creature jumped and screamed a loud cry that defied description. The last thing I remember was it running off into the trees as my mind led me into a blissful unconsciousness. Beep, beep, beep. Alright, I'm up already. I reached for my alarm clock, but it wasn't there. My bedroom wasn't there either. I woke up to incessant beeps pounding my aching head. I looked around the white room at the machines that seemingly were keeping me alive. My eyes settled on the man in uniform standing at the foot of my bed, staring at me. Good morning, he said. Good morning, I rasped back. My name's Sheriff Seacrest. 
I realize this isn't the best time, but I need to ask you a few questions about your accident. Uh, okay. From the skid marks on the road, I figured you were doing at least 80 when your tire blew. Any reason you were going that fast? Am I under arrest? The sheriff studied me for a second. No, you're not under arrest. I'm trying to figure out what happened. I, I was scared, I said, barely above a whisper. Scared of what? Of whatever was in the fog. So what was in the fog? I lay quiet for a long time. I wrestled with the implications of telling someone else what I saw. I wasn't even sure myself. My imagination. The sheriff seemed a little disappointed. So how did you get your car out of the tree, dragged a hundred yards, and set on the side of a road? Uh, I don't know, Sheriff. I wish I had the answers for you, but I blacked out when I landed in the tree and woke up here. And that's all you remember? Yes, sir. Was there any wildlife around? Wh wh what do you mean wildlife? Oh, you know squirrels, foxes, deer, he said, emphasizing the last word. N nothing I, I saw, as I said, I, I blacked out. He closed his notebook. Thank you for your help. I hope you recover soon. I hope so too. The sheriff started toward the door, stopped, turned back, and looked me in the eyes as if he desperately wanted to say something, faltered, and said, You're fortunate to be alive. I was a park ranger stationed in a fire tower. It had a strange set of rules. By Horror Writer 1717. When I first got the job, I could not believe my luck. I was a very solitary person. I loved to read and be alone. When I saw an ad for a park ranger manning a fire tower, I just about jumped out of my skin. Working overnight at a Walmart wasn't the best job in the world. There are some stories I could tell about that as well, but I applied for the job and was ecstatic that I got it. They only made me undergo a week of training before my first shift. Most of it was dry reading and ensuring I was qualified in CPR. They showed me the job's ins and outs and I followed in my car as we drove to the tower. In the middle of the day, it was awe-inspiring to stare at the underside of the tower looming above me, suspended high in the air by metal rivets. Once I started climbing the narrow metal stairs with hints of rust at the edges, I was somewhat less than excited. I was now terrified as I do not like heights very much as it is. I don't go all vertigo or anything, but I prefer to stay on the ground. Once we reached the top and pushed open the trap door to get onto the deck that surrounded the tower, I was doing a bit better. I opened the door that led into the tower's interior. Looking around the room made me forget all about the terrible climb. It was like a small apartment. There was a small refrigerator, sink, counter, cupboards, and a small table. In the center of the room was a table with a map permanently attached. Of course, there were windows all around. There was a 360 degree view as you would expect for a fire tower in the middle of a state park forest. The view was amazing. I could see the peaks and valleys for miles in every direction. It was a photographer's dream. The other ranger explained what was expected of me. We worked 24 hour shifts. So there would be times I would have to sleep, but I would have to set an alarm to get up and scam for problems at least once per hour during the night. During daytime hours, I had to watch every 30 minutes. There was a radio to report any trouble and a phone in case I needed to call the fire department. In my mind, I was already drooling at the thought of getting paid to take amazing pictures and sit around reading books. The ranger told me that it was essential that I read the rule book first. He asked if I had any questions, and I said no. 
He reinforced that I could not leave the tower no matter what until I was relieved. I followed him down the narrow staircase to get to my supplies, get it all out of my car, and pack it up in here. He got his truck and hesitated for a moment as if he wanted to say something else, but then he shut the door, wished me well, and drove away. I took three trips to get all of my stuff up to the top. Bringing a few grocery boxes in the house is nothing at home, but here it became life and death. I was near the top with a box in front of me when I stumbled on one of the narrow steps and nearly fell over the side. I paused for a long moment to regain my balance before continuing to the top. I suddenly realized that this job might not be the cakewalk I thought it was. I pushed that thought to the back of my mind and went for my subsequent two loads. Basic supplies, books, phone chargers, and cameras occupied the second and last trips. Once I was up for good, I collapsed into the chair. I was on my way to Napland when I heard a static over the radio. I jumped up and grabbed it. Hello? I said, but no one answered. I figured this was the ranger's subtle way of reminding me that it was time to do a check. But lugging three loads up tiny stairs of death had put a severe crimp in my firewatch time. It had nearly been an hour since the other ranger had left. I did my slow pan around the room checking each part of the forest for smoke and seeing none. Having completed my first go-around, I celebrated with a water bottle while I put the groceries away. The cupboards weren't empty, but there wasn't any gourmet delight here either. There was nearly a whole shelf dedicated to baked beans that didn't exactly thrill me, but I had the supplies that should do me for a few shifts. I sat the bread on the counter and loaded the cold cuts in the fridge. I would get some more options the next time I went shopping. When I finished putting things away, it was time for another check. The sun was just beginning to set, so I grabbed my camera and took some fantastic pictures. I couldn't wait to upload them to my computer when I got home. As I looked around the room, my eyes landed on the manual. I realized I hadn't even read it yet. I sighed and took it over to the chair. I was sure it would have me out cold in no time. As I opened the book, a piece of notebook paper fell out. I picked it up and it read, quote unquote, the actual rules. Never. Under any circumstances, leave the fire tower until you are relieved. Turn off all lights between the hours of 2 and 3 a.m. If you receive a radio transmission or phone call between those hours, do not answer. If anyone knocks on the trap door during those hours, tell them they'll have to wait until morning. Do not open the door. If you see a glowing object floating toward the tower, do not look at it. Cover your eyes and count to 50. When you open your eyes, it should be gone. If not, cover and count to 50 again. If animals surround the tower, don't go down to look. Fire your flare gun up into the air twice, one minute apart. Then lock yourself in the bathroom and hope for the best. I sat the note down and stared at it. Was this a joke? Were they having some fun with the new guy? I wasn't looking forward to getting hazed at 2am. I put the note back in the book and skimmed through the manual. It was a real snooze fest for the standard rules and nonsense. For the next check, I decided to use binoculars. I was rewarded by seeing a bear in 3D. I pulled out my camera and took some pictures, but the zoom wasn't as much as I needed to get some magnificent shots. You could still tell there was a bear, but it was a bit blurry. I decided to go camera shopping with my first paycheck. What's the use of having this spectacular view if I can't take any good pictures of it? Soon after sunset came the twilight. The sky lit up a brilliant orange. I took some more pictures and did my scan. I was just about to go back inside when I noticed a thin wisp of smoke in the distance. I grabbed my binoculars and tried to get a better view, but too many trees were in my way. I pulled up my compass, got a general direction, grabbed the radio, and called the ranger on duty. 
I told him I had a fire and gave him the direction and general distance. He acknowledged it and said he would go check it out. I stayed glued to my binoculars waiting to see the smoke lessen. Minutes seemed to have taken an eternity as the smoke continued to rise. Nearly a half hour later, the radio came to life. Hey, rookie. The ranger said, Did you find it? Did you put it out? I still see smoke. Did I tell you the wrong place? I said into the radio all in one breath. Whoa there. He said, Everything's fine. It was just a campfire. A what? A campfire. He said, Nothing to worry about. A campfire? I repeated in a daze. Yeah, you'll want to see more smoke, and it should be a lot thicker and darker before you call it in. I stood in silence. My face beat red with embarrassment. Cheer up. The ranger said into the silence. At least you didn't call the fire department. I looked over at the phone, knowing I was mere minutes away from doing that. Yeah, thanks, I said. Sorry about that. Don't worry, kid. He said. At least you erred on the side of caution instead of letting the forest burn down. I put my face into my palm and shook my head. So much for an excellent first impression. Twilight had faded, leaving a few last vestiges of light as the clouds transformed from dirty gray to black. I realized just how alone I was out here when the canopy of the night entirely fell. Doing my checks from inside was nearly impossible. I had lights on, every window I looked out became a mirror of me reflecting back at myself. Alone in a wooden box suspended a hundred feet above the ground made it that much creepier. I stepped out onto the deck in the cool evening air. The total darkness was oppressive. I couldn't see anything. How was I supposed to see smoke? I sauntered around the deck, looking out blindly at the trees. As my eyes adjusted, I could make out some shapes of the mountains and even the soft glow in the distance of the nearest town. That was a small comfort to know that things still existed out in the world and I hadn't been plunged into this cover of darkness. I finished my check and stepped back inside. After being out in the dark, it was way too bright. I turned off the leading overhead light and light over the entrance. The room settled into a comfortable glow with enough light to see but not be blind. I was a little too cozy. I felt a nap coming on. I laid down on the surprisingly comfortable cot and closed my eyes. I woke up sometime later to static sounding on the radio. I reached for the radio to answer it, but something in my mind told me not to. I looked at my watch and it said 2.12am. I froze, looking around the lit room. I thought about the strange rules I had read earlier. I reached up and turned off the light, plunging the room into darkness as my eyes adjusted I could see just a few things. I looked out the window and could swear I saw someone peering in at me. Just then I heard static on the radio. There was a voice trying to get through but it seemed weak. I waited to see if they would call again. A minute later, static sounded again. Beneath it I heard the voice. It was a little stronger this time and I could make out just something barely. It sounded like it said, Help me. It said it in a feeble yet insistent voice. I reached for the radio again, but something made me glance at my watch first. It was 2.23 a.m. I faltered and didn't answer. Those creepy rules, I thought. What if they were real? I've already broken one by having the lights on. What happens when you break the rules? I sat in silence wanting to know the answer, but at the same time not wanting to know. The, the radio came back to life, though much more prominent this time. Help me. Can anyone hear me? Help me. The voice sounded desperate. I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. It had a strange quality that I couldn't quite place. I fought the urge to answer, not knowing if I would be fired for dereliction of duty or not. This is what I was out here for, after all. I needed to answer, but my mind wouldn't let go of those rules. The minutes ticked by like hours. The radio sounded out its plea three more times, each time sounding more and more desperate. 
I watched the time, counting the seconds until three. When the time finally came, I picked up the radio. Whoever was calling for help, please state your position so I can relay help to you, I said. Who is this? Came the answer on the radio. This is a park ranger manning a fire tower. Well, park ranger, I've been on this channel all night, and yours is the first voice I've heard. That's not possible, I thought. I've had several calls for help over the last hour, I said. Are you sure? Absolutely, I wrote down the time of each call. And why didn't you answer them until now? I paused. What could I say, because of a weird list of rules that told me not to? Ranger? I, I had, I said hesitantly, extenuating circumstances. Extenuating circumstances? The voice repeated as though tasting them. And what circumstances would those be? Whoever this was, they weren't going to let it go. I'm not at liberty to say. You mean like falling asleep and breaking the rules? The voice said, sounding deeper, raspier, and more menacing. I froze. I hadn't turned the lights on yet, leaving the room in eerie darkness, which left me very exposed. I slowly panned around, looking out the windows and remembering the earlier feeling of being watched. You can look all you want, but you won't see me. The voice said, It's after three. I said, hoping the terror in my voice wasn't very evident. You have no power over me. The voice chuckled. It wasn't a pleasant sound. Normally you'd be correct. However, you broke the rules. What if I didn't know about the rules? I said, gasping at straws. Nice try. But you knew that you would be safe after three. Damn it. I thought. It picked up on that. So, what do you want? I said, fearing the answer. Hungry. The voice said. Only now it sounded like many voices speaking at once. My legs turned to rubber as I stumbled over to the door and stepped onto the deck. The moon was rising half full, casting light into the darkness. I looked down and saw over a dozen large animals surrounding the tower in a circle, and each one of them was looking up at me. I dove back inside and locked the door. I frantically searched for the flashlight. Once I found it, I picked up the phone and called the ranger station. There was no dial tone. I hung up and tried again, but still nothing. I pulled out my cell phone and there was no signal. I paused to clear my mind. Okay, I thought. You're freaked out right now, but what happened? A weirdo on the radio? Some animals around the tower? This list is making you paranoid. Just then, I looked outside and there was a light off in the distance that looked like an airplane. The problem was, it was heading straight toward me. It was mesmerizing. I stared into the rapidly approaching glow until I realized it was going to ram into the tower. I found the best cover I could on the opposite side of the room and surrounded myself with as much furniture as possible. Since the furnishings were sparse, I dragged the chair in front of me. I covered my eyes and hoped for the best. I may or may not have mumbled one of those, I promise I'll be good if you get me out of this prayers. The seconds tumbled into minutes and nothing happened. I peeked over the counter's edge and the light was gone. I let out a sigh of relief and wondered why I hadn't heard any engine noises. I decided it was because I was too busy ducking for cover. Then it hit me. I grabbed the manual and pulled out the list of rules. There it was, rule number five, if you see a glowing object floating toward the tower, do not look at it, cover your eyes and count to 50. When you open your eyes, it should be gone. If not, cover and count to 50 again. I reread the rules and realized how many had come to pass. For a long moment, I thought that maybe it was an elaborate joke, some of the rangers were yanking the rookie's chain. But there was too much I could not explain. The radio transmissions, the glowing light, the animals surrounding the tower. Then I realized I had broken that rule too. I hadn't fired the flare gun as instructed. I dug through the emergency supplies cupboard and found the gun. I grabbed two flares and stepped out onto the deck. 
as I questioned the intelligence of firing bursts that could end up causing forest fires when I was supposed to be trying to prevent them, I heard a strange sound. I held my breath and cocked my ear for a better listen. It wasn't just one sound, it was many. I glanced over the rail side and toward the ground I saw all the animals growling and pawing at the bottom working themselves into a frenzy. I backed away, loaded the first flare and then pointed up and fired. It rose majestically, glowing blood red until gravity slowed its ascent and pulled it back to the earth. I watched closely to ensure it went out and where it landed, just in case. I waited a minute and fired the second flare. Watching where it landed, I stepped back and hid inside the bathroom as instructed. I knew in my heart that I would be safe from the animals if I didn't go down the steps. The radio sounded off, scaring me nearly half to death. Fire tower number five, the voice said. I've seen your flares and I'm on the way. Are you physically injured? No, none at the moment, I said. I'll explain when you get here. Roger that, en route. I tried to calm my nerves by thinking about what job I would apply for next and how unfortunate it was that this one didn't work out. I thought about what I would tell the ranger when he got there. I couldn't tell him the truth, but what else could I say? Some animals at the bottom of the tower scared me. I honestly considered calling him back and telling him not to even come when I felt heavy footsteps on the bottom stairs. I must have been daydreaming and let time slip by. I stepped out of the bathroom and went to the trap door. Are you already here? I said into the radio as I reached down to unlatch the door. That was fast. What are you talking about? Came the clear answer over the radio. I'm not there yet. I paused as I felt the footsteps come closer to the top. Where are you? I said quietly. I can barely see the tower. I'm probably a mile away. His words hit me like a sledgehammer. I looked down at the bolt I was about to unlatch and slowly pulled my hand back. Which direction are you coming from? I said. Southeast. I looked in the direction and sure enough I saw headlights approaching. The radio sounded again but with a slightly different voice. Tower ignored that last transmission. It said. I'm already here. Let me in please. I stared down at the trap door as though it wanted to bite me. Tower, let me in. It said more insistently. I backed away as something began beating on the trap door with tremendous force. The board shook with every impact. I stepped inside and locked the door, then barricaded it with the only loose piece of furniture, the chair. Tower 5, I don't know who is talking to you, but it isn't me. Do not open that door. Repeat, do not open that door. I backed into the bathroom with the flare gun in hand and locked the door. The pounding on the trap door became louder. I knew it wouldn't take much more of a beating. The whole room shook with every impact. I closed my eyes and prayed in earnest this time. And then my salvation came from the engine sound of a pickup truck. I knew that the real ranger was here. I listened as it came closer and then stopped. There was an awful silence for a moment and then gunfire. Over and over multiple shots, shot in succession. Then there was a full lull followed by more shots. The pounding on the trap door stopped as soon as the truck pulled up. The coast is clear, Ranger. You can open the door now. Came a voice over the radio. I put my hand on the knob, smiling to go out and greet my savior when I heard a weak transmission. Don't. Not me. It rasped. A heartbeat later, the screaming began. It was a gut-wrenching scream. A terrible suffering. I could hear it beneath me. All I could do was drop to the floor and curl up in a ball as the screaming went on and on. I closed my eyes and tried not to imagine that poor ranger being ripped to shreds by god knows what. Soon the screams lessened in volume and intensity as they were moving away. I rocked back and forth, hugging my knees until unconsciousness mercifully took me. I woke up to strange voices calling my name. I opened my eyes and people in blue uniforms surrounded me. I panicked and backed away as fast as I could until my back had a wall. Calm down, one of them said. It's alright. 
I looked around the room like an animal that had been backed into a corner. I was ready to fight my way out. Are you injured? He said. My mind raced to remember where I was. I looked out the window and it was morning. The sun was shining and I could see deep blue clouds. Everything from last night came rushing to me. I looked around the room and saw nothing out of the ordinary. I'm not injured, I said to the EMT. Can you tell us what happened here? A ranger said from behind them. I looked over at the manual that contained the list and rules and for a heartbeat considered telling them to read them. No, was all I could say instead. Can I go home now? The ranger glared at me. I know that they were wanting more answers and they weren't getting them and they were frustrated. Is he alright to drive? The ranger asked the EMT. They gave me a once-over BP, lungs, and heart rate, and they didn't find anything to be concerned about. I'd say physically he's fine, the EMT said. The ranger sighed. Go ahead, he said, but I'll want to talk to you tomorrow. I nodded and stood, gathered my things, and started toward the door. When I got to the open trap door, I hesitated, seeing it had been hacked with an axe. I took a tentative first step, then another, Surviving a night like this only to die after falling down several flights of stairs would be pretty ironic. As I made my way down, white-knuckling the railing the entire way down, I saw people busy at the bottom. They picked up shell casings with gloves and put them into plastic bags. I could see blood spots here and there, but no human or animal bodies. I saw the trail of blood as it disappeared into the woods. I stood on the bottom step for quite some time wondering if I was allowed to step onto the ground. I took the stage, bolted to my car and stared at it for quite some time. I just, I just couldn't seem to get myself to turn the car on and drive out of there as fast as I could. Eventually, I turned the car on, got into the gravel road, and a deer walked out in front of me. I slammed on the brakes and slid to a stop mere inches from hitting it. It did not move and it just stood there staring at me. As I looked more closely, I saw blood in its nose and mouth. My heart skipped a beat when I saw a shred of ranger's patch impaled on one of its antlers. Its eyes bored into mine as I slammed into reverse and then drove, swerved around the deer, and broke every speed limit going home. I called my boss and quit as soon as I got there. Then I packed and started looking for a job in the city. Maybe I can find an excellent, quiet warehouse to guard or something simpler. But if it has a strange set of rules I'm walking out, no questions asked. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for listening to these creepy and downright strange backwoods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to punch that like button like it just stole your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card, and be sure to subscribe if you're new. It helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there as it helps us grow on those platforms, and it's very much appreciated. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the reddit r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your creepy story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free. 
from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I'd love to know what story tonight was your favorite in the comments below. If you made it all the way to the end, I'd love to see you comment the code word jumping succulent. It lets me know how many of you guys actually listen to the end, and I love seeing the support. Thank you guys as always, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.